Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. It is difficult to know exactly where to start. But let me say this. First, the Biden administration is enforcing immigration laws. In fact, the administration has been so heavy-handed in recent months that I have serious concerns about how they are conducting border enforcement. The progressive left is an enjoyable treat. The Biden administration has been heavy-handed in dealing with the border, securing the border. The the belief that we are not grown-ups. The belief that we can be spoon-fed and that it works. That's that's the story here. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. I got plenty of rest. I have no idea what's with my voice. I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm not going to go through like three weeks of a cold to find that I'm back for a week and I lose my voice. Nah, not happening. I am going to use sheer willpower and possibly some tea with honey, but I don't drink tea. So some hot water with honey and lemon because I've turned into my grandmother to do away with this thing. The phone number 317-239-9393. She'll say it. People will buy into it. People will believe it. She'll get away with it. Nothing is heavy-handed about the border. We don't even have a hand at the border, never mind a heavy one. We are not doing anywhere near enough to protect the border. She's worried that we're being too rough. It's precious. It's precious if it wasn't so dangerous. Evan Sayet, who wrote The Kindergarten of Eden, was was always uh, 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 fond of saying, it's not only that they're wrong, they're 180 de- degrees diametrically opposed to the truth. They're not only wrong, they're as wrong as wrong can be, is what he would say all, all the time he was in his books. And, and, and here it is. To see the way things are, to know one's ideology, and then make the turn and say it with a smile. That's that that's that's a that's a skill. That is a that is a very sociopath psych wait, would it be sociopath or psychopath? I don't know, but I think you can make horror movies about it. They know what's real, they know what they want people to believe, and they do it with a smile. Super creepy. I mean, this coming from Pramila Jayapal, the leader of the Progressive Caucus, she's from Washington State, so creepy, all she needs is a balloon and a sewer. That's it. So this is what you're going to start hearing. Joe Biden's been too rough at the border. As long as you don't believe it. As long as you stand up and say, yeah, this is crazy talk. 
not crazy is the attack on the Houthi rebels, which is coming mm, two months too late. But this is with the UK. What has happened? What has transpired? Why? What will it lead to? And are we prepared to end a threat? I don't believe our America is. But it very much needs to be. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. There are a couple of pieces to these bombings that are taking place against the Houthi rebels, and it's our job to go over all of them. But be clear. The people who are saying Joe Biden had to get approval from Congress first are wrong. And the good half of the people saying Joe Biden needs to get approval from Congress first are just angry that there's anything going on that isn't against Israel. If Joe Biden bombed Israel, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and Cori Bush and Andre Carson, they wouldn't say a word. They'd pop champagne. Oh, we'll get into Congressman Andre Carson in a bit. And what we have to do in central Indiana to get him out of office. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. I had stated uh, yesterday, you know, every day we we do a, hey, here's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. And I I thought it was, you know, kind of geeky to talk about the lack of the navigable seas. What has actually happened in the area with these Houthi rebels. So so the Houthi rebels out of Yemen, there is and has been going on for years a proxy war between Iran and Saudi Arabia. And I would ask you to pull up a map. Just, just you know, go to whatever search engine you use, Red Sea map. And then just pull out and get an idea of the area. Get an idea of where Saudi Arabia is, where Iran is, and where Israel is. Just to give you an idea of of proximity and and lack thereof, because between Israel and Iran, you, you've got Jordan, you've got Syria, you've got Iraq. But between Saudi Arabia and Iran, you have basically the Gulf of Oman. You don't have much. And that little hook by the Gulf of Oman is called the Straits of Hormuz. And that's where uh, there you have oil tankers being attacked in that area. And in the Red Sea. Uh, on the other side of Saudi Arabia, separating it for, from Egypt and Sudan and, and Eritrea, you, you've got the Red Sea. You have a lot of shipping that takes place uh, through there, heading up to the Suez Canal, which would connect the Red Sea with the Mediterranean, and you have a lot of shipping that takes place, a lot of these attacks from the Houthi rebels. The rebels are supported by Iran, as we said. And the attacks are happening in the Red Sea to the, would that be the, would that be the, that'd be the West there. And then the Gulf of Aden down below, below Yemen. This has caused major shipping concerns like Maersk, M-A-E-R-S-K, to say, all right, we're not going to do anything in the Red Sea. We're going to go all the way around. Picture it. Take a look at the map. You're talking about all the way through the Mediterranean into the Atlantic, to the South Atlantic, around South Africa, and then back up? That's a lot of extra time and money. And that means extra cost for you. Us in Indiana will feel the cost increases because of this maneuver, because of what the Houthi rebels are doing in their attacks. 
And of course, this is all in conjunction in concert with trying to be supportive of Hamas. Same money flowing, same desires. The elimination of Israel, destruction of America, destruction of Western civilization, nothing changes with these people. And that's right, I said these people. People who want to destroy a whole other group of people, I say these people, and I apologize for nothing. So what has happened, as we've talked about the seas, is that the United States has allowed this group, which is funded and is trained, to basically prevent others from being able to engage in shipping and other things. If you don't have the navigable seas, what do you have? We have discussed this in relationship to China. Move your map over. Take a look at everything that is China is doing in the East China Sea, in, in, in the Philippine Sea, in the Yellow Sea, trying to gain control, the South China Sea, have control of the area to engage further hegemony of the area and try to prevent others from moving. We have seen this with fishing vessels. You're talking about massive trawlers from China trying to completely disrupt how uh, uh, the, the, these beds of fish, the, the, the schools of fish uh, populate and feed, which would starve out communities. And you're talking about the building of islands. If you were to take a look at something called the Spralty Islands, S-P-R-A-L-T-Y. I'm going to look it up right now. The Spralty Islands. What you would see is that China built islands out of nothing. I think I've got the name right. They have built islands out of nothing. And you're like, well, what's the purpose there? Well, one of the purposes is that you can take these islands and put on an airstrip and use it for refueling. So there's a military rationale for doing this. The other one is if you can build an island... I know, I know, that's what it sounds like, but it's true. You can then claim the waters around them. It's about control. All of this to say without a Navy, one cannot guarantee the navigable seas. You cannot guarantee safety and security. You disrupt shipping, therefore you disrupt lives in a way that cannot be quantified. The United States, and I I would argue this was Great Britain taking the lead because Joe Biden has not taken a lead here. And as we know, Lloyd Austin, we don't know whether he works or not, the Secretary of Defense. He could be laid up in the hospital for three days. Nobody would know it. They have struck back. This took place Thursday night. Now, there have been, forgive me, there have been little uh, responses here and there. The shooting down of rockets, uh, missiles from the Houthi rebels that has happened from the United States, from U.S. destroyers, as well as the Israelis via Iron Dome or other, other methodologies.
But this is the first combined attack utilizing the tomahawk. The, the tomahawk uh, is uh, can be launched uh, both uh, via torpedo tube. It can be launched vertically. Uh, it then reaches speeds of 500 miles an hour. It uses GPS, something called TURCOM, which is terrain contour matching, and it can do some serious damage. Or the, 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 tomahawk, the tomahawk has been good for us. So you're talking about Tomahawk missiles launched from warships. Fighter jets have been out. They have struck, as reported by the Washington Times, at least a dozen sites used by the Houthi rebels, including logistical hubs, air defense systems, and weapon storage locations. This should have happened two months ago. The second the Houthi rebels thought they could just take over an, an oil tanker or, or some other ship, they hold people hostage today. This should have happened two months ago with a massive level of force from the United States. So much so that people said, oh, all right, look, you want to attack Israel? Fine. Believe the water alone. We didn't do it. You thought you were going to negotiate this. I'm not opposed to negotiation. I'm opposed to foolhardy missions. This brings us to Congressman Ro Kahana, backed by Congressman Thomas Massey, Democrat and Republican. Is anybody going to ask Congress for a declaration of war? Then you've got Cory Bush and Rashida Tlaib demanding the same. Different purposes here. Cory Bush and Rashida Tlaib are just upset that their friends are getting bombed. These are people who believe in Israel being destroyed. They are what they are. All these progressives, all these squad members. And I add Andre Carson to that list. I'll, describe, I'll discuss him coming up. Massey and, and Rokahana, they want to make sure the Constitution is followed. That's my belief. If I understand it properly, uh, Joe Biden would have two days to inform Congress of his actions. And he is allowed to take his commander-in-chief an action to keep, uh, whether it be American servicemen or American citizens safe. He can take that action, which is why I argue this should have happened two months ago. If this was going to be protracted, a protracted level of fighting, then you would have to get congressional approval, and I do not oppose that. But this first, this right here, he's allowed to do this in defense of American servicemen, in defense of American interests. Yes, he is. It should have happened two months ago, and Lord only knows if this president's willing to do enough to end the problem. Matt Bear's got traffic. What's up, Matthew? The new studio officially under construction. Now I need to figure out how I'm going to uh, furnish this thing, Matt Bear. I need to find uh, chairs and, and some some set pieces. So if, if anybody has a, a good uh, lead, a good uh, take on... Um, they, they can't be too big. Like, I can't have the chairs be too big. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning, because there's only so much space. But a, a worthwhile leather, or dare I say pleather, uh, chair, a series of them. I need, I need like six. I need six of them. If anybody has a good lead on used, new, whatever whatever it is, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm, I'm in the market, Matt Bear. This place is going to be... It's going to be quite all right. You're going to get invited, Matt. It's going to be very exciting for you. 
But the last time I invited Matt Bear to my house, he said, and I'm quoting, nah. Invited him to my home for a meal, and he said, honestly, Tony, I'd rather starve. I was there. It was, it was, very, it was very rude. Uh, I in, invited him, come break bread with my wife and my children, and he said, really? Do I, do I need this? And then, and then I never heard from him again. I That's how it went down, Matt. True or false? No, it's. I mean, it's false. I was knocking on the door and I was shouting. Um, I kind of had a John Cusack say anything thing going on with the uh, boombox and the stereo. Nobody let me in. I, if I, you I, have a boombox, I will give you twenty dollars right now. <laughs> so yeah. help me, and I'm talking about cash from America. No, that Canadian crap. No, no, American I, cash, sweetie boo. I think I have an iPod Mini around here. Let me check. That's close enough. You're right. That's close enough. So uh, leather chairs, not too big, not not too big, uh, and, and anything in the mid-century style. Any furniture in the mid-century style, because I need to now furnish the new studio. So so if you if you got anything, Matt Bear, if you find anything on the side <laughs> of the road, whatever, save it for TK. I am so tempted to bring you my couch, which is probably worth about $20 right now. It's, it's It seats two people. And, and I think it would be a great uh, little uh, studio waiting room couch for you. You know, it'd be beautiful. It'd waiting hold. room. Like, like I'm ever going to invite anybody to this place. <laughs> it's where you keep them out on the, you know, little floor patio there that leads to your basement. Right. It better be comfortable because you're going to wait a long time. <laughs> That's right. Pictures or it didn't happen. Let's see a picture. Uh, let's, um, see a, let's see a picture of your... Of your twenty dollar couch, let's let's see how much we can get for it. I don't have a picture on me right now. Um, I'll take a picture over the weekend, bring it on Monday. Okay, okay, it's, it's good. Oh man, it's Just gross. By the way, follow Matt on the Twitter box, the X there, Matt and Traffic, and of course the blog at wibc.com. Get all the traffic updates. NBC engaging a series of layoffs. It's not that these things don't happen. It's that there have been moves for layoffs in media going on for the past couple years. With no end in sight. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. I spoke yesterday about people who are... Well, they, I should say they brought it to my attention, and they're very upset uh, about it. And a conversation I had on social media yesterday did not go well. I mean, when you've got people saying, well, I'll wait till a child dies, and that'll prove my point. That's okay. <laughs> we, we don't need to talk anymore. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. This has to do with uh, House Bill 1062, which would allow uh, children who are 14 to be exempted from going to school. They could work the family farm. They could work other farms. This is all about cheap labor. Interesting take if you had said it, I don't know, like a rational person. I think that this is first about whether or not the farm needs help. And you want to say that that's labor. Uh, protecting the family is there's nothing wrong with that. And B, why is education only the school? I think this is about uh, the, the union type folk saying the kids have to be in school and this is the only place they can be. Nah. 
And I'm in favor of breaking the union and I'm in favor of breaking the system because it doesn't work. Now, I say this as somebody who will tell you that to say that as a as a blanket statement across the board is a hard one to do. My kids go uh, to Carmel schools. So far, I'm rather impressed. I keep an eye on everything. So far, I'm rather impressed. You can't say that about everywhere. If I were to take a look at all the pieces of data that I have all across the nation, nah, it doesn't work. But most importantly, I support parents being able to make that decision. All of a sudden, when it comes to schools, we're not in favor of what's best for their kid. Just like I oppose all of these transition surgeries because it's not best for the kid. It's the abuse of the kid. You see how that works? Well, the parent thinks this is best. The parent is abusing their kid. But the parent who wants their kid to work the family farm, that's abuse. But the parent who wants to mutilate their child, that's fine. I, everyone's got to, can we, can we come to some kind of understanding here? If a parent wants their kid working and learning the farm, okay, okay. You're gonna you're gonna tell me this is a child labor issue? Interesting. I'm I'm not necessarily buying. I also don't know how many kids this would affect. How many families are in this situation? But when you tell me kids get hurt on farms, kids can get hurt anywhere. I don't know what all of a sudden uh, it's too dangerous and 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 the farm is 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 the is the most dangerous place on earth. And literally, actually, somebody wrote. I'll wait for a kid to get killed. I think it was in a combine accident or something like that. And then you'll see. Man, what a weird thing to want and wish for. But as people have been talking about legislation and people complaining about, look what these evil Republicans are doing in Indiana. Someone brought up election day and free public transportation. I said, tell me more. Uh, Gary Byrne, um, a, uh, a state senator has filed a bill to prohibit public transportation agencies from offering free or reduced fare rides on election day. I guess there are, there are groups, uh, I think AARP is one of them, that engage in sponsorship of these kinds of days, and you can take the bus for free on election day. Um, they do this in Indianapolis, Gary, Fort Wayne, and Evansville. What what Senator Byrne has stated is said, well, in, in rural areas, you can't get a free ride because you don't have the public transportation there. And you're saying that some people get something for free and some people don't. That's not fair. The left uh, looks at this and says, this is voter suppression. I look at this and laugh out loud at the left. Your reactionary insanity deserves derision. If I don't give people a free ride, it's voter suppression. You are ridiculous. You're ridiculous. This this is the statement you made. If I don't give people a free ride, if Indiana doesn't give people a free ride, it's voter suppression. With all due respect, that's dumb and you know it. I mean, I, I, don't, I wish I had another word for it. That is a ridiculous, nonsensical, hot garbage statement. You should be ashamed of yourself. But that's only possible if you had shame. 
interesting, interesting conversation here. Is there any doubt that the people who use public transportation in the main would be people from lower income neighborhoods? And one could argue demographically that those people vote for Democrats in the main. So the argument is, here's this Republican trying to keep Democrats from voting, right? That's that's their, their argument. Now, they won't say it as clearly as I just did because they're too afraid of being called some kind of name. Honesty never has to worry about those things. That's their argument that you are trying to specifically and purposefully keep Democrats from voting. That's their argument. I think this is very interesting because I think that if someone had told me we offer free rides on election day, I'd be like, okay. I don't think I've thought about it. Why do we offer free rides on election day? If you in your car want to offer free rides on election day, you're not going to see me stop you, kitten. Go rent a bus. Why is the state doing it? And if the state does not offer free rides for everybody, including me, and you know I'm going to need the chicken limo. If if I am not getting a free ride, if my wife isn't, but other people are, isn't, isn't that me being disenfranchised? Isn't that, isn't the suppression, as the senator is saying, on the people who don't get a free ride? I had not, I have spent zero time on this until yesterday. I am fascinated by this. I think the senator might be right. Carson has stepped fully out of the bigoted closet. Everything that we have ever said about the congressman who represents the 7th District, represents Indianapolis, has been accurate. The congressman makes bad decisions. The congressman has bad judgment. The congressman has bad friends. Going back to conferences he agreed to speak at with people at that conference or on the terrorist watch list. We have been discussing Congressman Carson for years, and we have been accurate, and we have dealt with the slings and the arrows and what I took at one time as a a rather veiled threat from statements he made. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. Good to be with you. But now we have Andre Carson in Washington, D.C., calling for a ceasefire and bringing up Nelson Mandela. This is actually happening. Congressional Black Caucus. Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman, the very Congressional Black Caucus that stood outside of this embassy decades ago to help free Nelson Mandela, who was at Robben Island. The very Congressional Black Caucus that fought to get legislation passed to push South Africa into the future. And what a better place. Couldn't have picked a better place. I was talking to Diallo on the way here. We'll stop that for a second. South Africa, by the way, accusing Israel of genocide, trying to get the United Nations to stop the war. South Africa accusing Israel of genocide. Do you have any idea what's going on in South Africa right now? 
Nothing excuses apartheid. But my gosh, what's happening in South Africa right now? And the people who cheer the South African Constitution, they, they don't believe in any of your rights whatsoever. As Andre Carson posts this video of himself speaking in front of a statue of Nelson Mandela, where I think he's trying to compare himself to Nelson Mandela, he writes, Palestine must be free. Like Nelson Mandela and all the other freedom fighters who came before us, we can never stop speaking truth to power. Hashtag ceasefire now. Hashtag free Palestine. Of course, you had the communist city county council uh, man, uh, Jesse Brown, liking this and saying, where are others to stand up? For clarity, this is Andre Carson talking about the eradication of Israel. When you say Palestine must be free, you're saying Israel cannot exist. And if you're talking about Nelson Mandela and freedom fighters, one could easily ascertain that that's how you see Hamas. Your congressman in Indianapolis supports Hamas and supports the eradication of Israel. What do we do in Indy? What's our plan? Am I going to have a single elected official stand up and say, dear Lord, Andre Carson, you're disgusting. I have got a congressman openly calling for genocide. No one's going to say a word. I can't get Indianapolis to vote for a Republican. That's, that's very obvious. I can't get them to do what is in what I believe their best interest. Could I convince them to vote for a Democrat who doesn't hate Jews? Who isn't calling for genocide? Who isn't this despicable? Could I get the Indiana Democratic Party to recognize that maybe this Jew hater isn't in their best interest? There's another Democrat in Indy they can run who just doesn't hate Jews and just doesn't call for them to die. Doesn't call for the eradication of another country. Could we do that? Could we, could we try that? Because I support that. Let's get another Democrat in there. Why does it have to be this Democrat? Let's change the game. But there's no question. There is no debate. Indianapolis is represented in Congress by a Jew-hating bigot. Maybe we should change that. Maybe we could together. Or is the Indiana Democratic Party going to be silent when this is taking place? By the way... Don't be surprised when you find that there are still people who are Jewish who will actively support Andre Carson with their time and with their money. Some people are just slow learners. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Uh, Matt Bear, I got my first person trying to help me uh, furnish the new studio with some mid-century modern molded plastic chairs. That's not what I need. I love the offer, though. I don't need the, the molded plastic. I need the... I need the leather or the pleather or the or the vegan leather, which I, that's a thing they say now. I'm pretty sure it's a lie, but I'm going with it. Um, that's what I'm looking for. But thank you. Why thank do you need you. vegan leather? I mean, are you going to eat the couch? I mean, Look, that doesn't. I don't make think any you sense. should judge. <laughs> no, I, I shouldn't. You're right. <laughs> we all need vegan leather. You know. I don't know if we do, but people offer it. I would stick with Italian leather if you could. Oh, with the Italian. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We've been through this. I know, right? Talk to me about traffic. <laughs> about 69, crash at 82nd Street, blocking the left lane, stopping traffic back to 96th Street and a little bit beyond.
ESPN is a slimy outlet. Slimy outfit. Outlet and outfit. This story is nutty. I'm going to try and make sure I get it right. Correct me if I don't. 317-239-9393. Me, I'm Tony Katz. 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. The National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. That would be the, 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 the Grammy people, right? Or is that the Emmy people? No, it's the Emmy people. Grammy people's the music. These are the Emmys. They have taken back, at the minimum, three dozen. That's 36 for those of us playing the home game, or 39 if we were bakers. 36, three dozen Emmy Awards that were won by, wait for it, fake ESPN employees. What ESPN would do would be submit people for these awards. Remember, there's all kinds of Emmys for all kinds of things. And there's the primetime Emmys, daytime Emmys, all sorts of stuff. Um, so the on-air talent in many cases were prohibited from winning outside of individual categories to, quote, prevent front-facing talent from winning two awards for the same work. That is termed by the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences as double-dipping. So what would ESPN do? They'd invent a name like George Glass. You know, your boyfriend from Niagara Falls. Uh, and, And they would submit that with the work, and George Glass would win an Emmy. And then uh, ESPN would get the Emmy and they would scratch out, remove the name of the fake individual and reinscribe it, actually have it engraved with the the uh, new person that was double dipping and then give them the award. This happened. This is insane. It's certifiable. Certifiably insane. ESPN is a slimy, slimy outfit. Now, you understand that I will most probably get an email from either uh, my program director, the operations manager, or the market manager, because, of course, uh, we, we have, as a sister station, an ESPN radio station. Slimy! And we should be clear, this is the TV side. This is not the radio side that I'm talking about. I have no idea if that gets me off the hook. I have no idea. By the way, uh, Producer Carl, if any of them are calling right now, uh, we're busy. Don't take the call. Just let it ring. It's totally it's totally fine. The popcorn moment. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's a story you need to hear to believe. Then grab your popcorn because there is more. I didn't get to share this in full yesterday. Uh, Jill Biden. Sorry, Dr. Jill Biden. Trying to explain to America through MSNBC, through Morning Joe, which used to be the intellectual morning show, that that uh, the the secret, the reason uh, that Joe Biden is so important, so successful and is so uh, necessary to the country is his age. Mm -hmm. So to those who say I can't vote for Joe Biden, he's too old. What do you say? I say his age is an asset. 
He's wise. Yes, he's wise. He has wisdom. He has experience. He knows every leader on the world stage. He's lived history. He knows history. Mm -hmm. He's thoughtful in his decisions. He is the right man or the right person for the job at this. First, uh, no, he's not. Secondly, I love the, don't say he is history when so much of the country wants him to be history. And and third, the idea that at the end there, she has to kind of correct herself. He is the right man or the right person for the job at this. Her wokeness uh, jumps in. It's like, oh, I can't say man. Can't, what is a man? What is a woman? Who knows? It's the right person. That, that to me is the gold. Something about that just so, like she committed a thought crime right there and had to, and had to reset. I don't know why that, that just, that just tickles me right there. It does. Um, No one thinks this uh, about Joe Biden. And I should say the vast majority of America doesn't think this about Joe Biden, but some people think this. That the age is, is 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 important, right? Now I'm I'm debating whether to share some audio from a uh, a fellow radio host, not here at, at, at IBC. Um, it, it's not often that I I call out radio folk. They just normally don't don't do that. Every now and again, I've said, "All right, that's just odd." Um, but I don't understand it. It is a, a commentary going around that I don't understand why it came up. I don't understand why it was said. And my problem is, I think I'd be giving somebody who, who whether you argue they need it or not, I, I, I don't know. Um, some, some publicity who I would argue doesn't need it, but I think only said it to get it. It's, it's. I I will I will uh, talk more about this on Tony Katz today at noon. So ask me about that. Right now, Matt Bear has traffic on the fives. This is a crash coming up from the south side, northbound 65. And I'm looking at the center lane blocked after the 465 interchange, okay? So it's northbound 65 after 465 south side in middle of the interstate blocked, stopping traffic back to Edgewood Avenue. If you're going westbound 465 on the south side, there is stop-and-go traffic from Harding to the White River. That's because of a crash that's cleared. On the northeast side, southbound 69, we hit at 82nd Street, blocking the left lane, stopping traffic back to 106th Street. Delay time is now at 21 minutes. Traffic sponsored by Indy Golf Expo. The Indy Golf Expo is back January 19th through the 21st at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. By players tour passing get both Bonuses while they last. Tickets to ingolfexpo.com. I'm Matt Bear with Traffic on the Fives. Follow us at WIBC Traffic. So the United States yesterday, in conjunction with British forces, engaged attacks against the Houthi rebels in Yemen. Backed by Iran, they have been engaged in assaults on tankers and other ships carrying goods all across the globe, changing how some of these companies, some of these shipping concerns uh, will have now changed how they do shipping, costing you, me, and we incredible amounts of money. 
because it is we who will pay more for the goods in every way. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Tomahawk missiles, fighter jets from both American and British military striking at least a dozen sites used by the Houthi rebels, logistical hubs, air defense systems, weapons storage locations. This should have happened months ago. And some people, members of Congress, are claiming you did not get congressional authority to engage this attack. You're putting us at war. You do not have congressional authority. The president, regardless of, uh, of who the president is, has the ability to respond to threats without congressional approval. A prolonged, a protracted engagement, I would agree, requires that congressional approval. If there's going to be a declaration of war against the Houthi rebels, which really should be a declaration of war on Iran, well, then that would have to be presented to Congress and they would have to vote on it. But the idea that the commander-in-chief can't respond to a threat is, well, a ridiculous concept. And there are people who are saying, uh, congressional approval, please. Ro Kahana out of California, Thomas Massey out of out of Kentucky. Um, they would be correct if this was happening for five weeks. They're not correct if there is a, a one-night response, which it shouldn't be just a one-night response. People like Cori Bush, Rashida Tlaib from... Uh, Missouri and Michigan, respectively. Uh, They're just upset that anybody would uh, go after those trying to destroy Israel. They favor this. They're they're, they're Marxists. What what else do you expect? And by the way, uh, the whole expression of canary in the coal mine, you know what that expression is. The idea of, of Jews as canary in the coal mine. They go after the Jews first. Yeah. The objective is destroying America. You get that, right? If you think they'll be done with Israel, uh, you haven't been watching what these people have been like uh, for the past couple of decades. The Marxists feel that they're at their peak. Like, this is it. This is our moment. This is happening. But also, unbelievably patient. And if they don't win now, they'll try again in a year, two years, five years, ten years. These people don't stop. This 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 evil evil mind virus isn't going away. It's up to us to make it go away. One of the ways I think it goes away is uh, to break uh, public education as it is. What, you think they got to college and this all happens? Stop that. Stop that. We let down our kids. We have to fix the thing. We have to fix a society that is broken. And Marxism is broken. This idea that everybody is oppressed or an oppressor is a broken idea. It's miserable. It's pure, unadulterated misery to think this way. Who would want this? This goes to a conversation about anxiety that I'm going to get to on Tony Katz today, which starts at noon. When you take a look at the frequency of certain terms in uh, the, the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal, over the last 10 years, and you realize that on average, the term racism is up 500%. You think that's really reporting the news? Or is that pushing something? The anxiety in America is why people are cracking, and the anxiety is what it is these people are pushing.
for a purpose for the destruction. We have to understand what's happening and understand our role in it and how we get out of it. I will get to that at noon on Tony Katz today. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Your kitchen, your bathroom, especially that master bath. Uh, I've taken a look at it. Uh, Don't ask how. And uh, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's it's outdated. It doesn't have a flow to it. It's not comfortable. It's not spa-like. It's not relaxing. It's just, it's grossly utilitarian. You need better in your bathroom. Or you're just sick and tired of looking at that vanity that kind of has the broken door and the faucet that leaks. Talk to Boer Remodeling today about that bathroom remodel. When you're ready, Boer Remodeling is ready for you. They have been taking care of people in Central Indiana since 2001. It's been 23 years, folks, of taking care of Central Indiana. Did incredible work for me. They are the most communicative people in the world. When they say on Tuesday, so-and-so is going to be there and they're going to do such-and-such, there's Tuesday, there's so-and-so, and and there's such-and-such. It's incredible the precision of Boer remodeling and they've seen so much they have so many good ideas they could take your idea help you turn it into a great idea talk to Boer remodeling today about your bathroom remodel 317-852-5546 tell them Tony Katz sent you 317-852-5546-852-5546 or online at Boer B-O-O-H-E-R, BoerRemodeling.com. I got the Wordle in four, Matt Bear, but I should have gotten it in three. Well, Very you, disappointed in myself. Did you sleep well last night? I mean, I, 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 I did. Okay, good. Not the night before because I had to stay up for the debate, but I did last night. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I said goodnight to my family. Pretty sure I passed out. <laughs> Father of the year, right? Oh, we knew that before. Yeah, sure. Yeah, beautiful. All right, let's look at northbound 465. So just another example of... What gets stated by those who have such a uh, such prestige? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Find everything WIBC.com, including the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. It is all there. Tony Katz, the morning news. Tony Katz today. It's all right there at WIBC.com. Dr. Bumpus is the chief scientist for the Food and Drug Administration. And the Office of the Chief Scientist, as described by the FDA, supports the research uh, foundation science uh, and innovation that underpins the FDA's regulatory mission. Pretty important job. Pretty big job right there. Um, This uh, video is her talking about the importance of inclusiveness and is worthy of a listen. But another thing I think is being vocal with other students. So 
There are, you know, students also that, um, you know, may not be making the environment as inclusive, inclusive as we hope, and those are future leaders. I think the students, um, yes, be hold leadership accountable, get faculty allies um, that will help you, you know, get to board meetings, meet board trustees, and have these conversations. But I think that holding other students accountable and thinking about the educational climate is really important too. So. Now, I would love it if she was talking about anti-Semitism in colleges and in high schools uh, amongst administrators and others and working with people. I, I don't think she is. And, 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 and to that end, she tells this story. So, for instance, um, I was visiting an institution that was having a pie-in-the-face contest, a student-sponsored pie-in-the-face contest. You got to pay, I don't know, $20 to put a pie in a faculty member's face. And it was a medical school, so I kind of was a little bit, you know, surprised by it. And I said to the students, I said, well, you know, what happened to do no harm? Throwing a pie in someone's face, you know, that's not necessarily what we're trying to put forward as scientists and doctors. And also a pie is not, you know, nutritional food, but you're in a city, there are a lot of people with food scarcity, and here you are paying to put a pie in someone's face. It really looks insensitive. And I think that some of the students hadn't realized that, and also faculty involved hadn't realized it. And it um, when I talked to more students, there were some of them that said, yes, there is this climate among us where there are, you know, these um, it's these kind of differences in worldview. Um, you know, you all are the future leaders. I think that having this discussion among yourselves is important. Um, but also get faculty allies and hold faculty feet to the fire. But you see, if you have a pie in the face event, it shows how insensitive you are because do no harm and food insecurity. I have made the argument here on more than one occasion that these progressives hate themselves and hate you. Everything about them is predicated on the belief that something is wrong and it just must be found. It can't just be good-natured. No one is allowed to just take a rest. If you take a look at these radical concepts of things like intersectionality, Everything is oppressive. Everything is wrong. You just have to look for it. And your job is to wake up in the morning and not have a cup of coffee, stare at the sunrise and say, good Lord, what a day has been made for me. No, your objective is to wake up in the morning and before having the cup of coffee, before brushing one's teeth, before anything is done, waking up and saying, who's oppressing me? Where are you oppressors? I'm going to find you even if you don't know you're an oppressor and I'm gonna show everybody how evil you are. And every day they wake up like that. I'm asking a question. Who the hell wants to be that? You wanna be the person who looks at a pie in the face event? I don't even know that's what it's called. And say, that's so insensitive. Or do you want to hit your physics professor in the face with a pie and go, ha, that was fun, and walk down the road? Do you get that these people hate you? That they're not happy unless you're miserable? 
because they're never happy, they're miserable, and they can't believe you're happy. It's like the people who walk around without a mask and the people wearing masks who are so upset by it. As my brother, the good Dr. Katz, explains, uh, nothing makes the prisoner angrier than seeing another man walk free. Why aren't you miserable? And they believe that you should be made miserable by telling you that everything is miserable. This is part of a one-two punch conversation regarding anxiety in the United States and why things seem so irrevocably broken. I argue that they are not irrevocably broken. But yes, broken is true. But it can be fixed. I'll get into it on Tony Katz today. trying to grab the guns and when they can't grab the gun they try and get you know cutesy it's it's who uh they are in this new uh, cutesy the plan is to add a tax in washington state for the privilege of using ammunition it's house bill 2238 And of course, it has an admirable goal. The tax would fund programs to prevent suicide and firearm-related domestic violence. Oh, okay. Um, Something uh, to consider. How about the utilization of uh, of firearm in preventing uh, domestic violence because uh, women are trained? Oh, it's never worked. Well, we can't say never now, can we? Because that would be, of course... A, a, a lie. The idea that you have a privilege of using ammunition as opposed to you have the right to use ammunition. Well, no, 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 Second Amendment. It's just the right to keep and bear arms. Says nothing about ammunition, Tony. This is where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. This is the desperation to disarm you. And for clarity, it is about disarming you. It's about you not being able to defend yourself. My father is 85 years old. He's 80, yeah, he's 85. That's right, because in a couple days, he'll be 86. Which, by the way, he beat the over-under many times. Um, man can't walk like he used to. The, 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 the COPD, which is weird because he never smoked a day in his life. Every now and again, he needs oxygen. He's annoyed by it. He's, I wouldn't say he's miserable by it. He's just angry about it. I, it, it comes and it goes. He wants to be able to do things. His mind says, I can do things. And his body says, not so much. It's angering. He is most bothered by the fact that he knows that he cannot physically protect his wife anymore. My mother is 76. And I'm not interested in hearing from anybody who doesn't understand the importance a man feels in being able to protect his family. 
If you don't want to believe it, that's fine. But I'm not interested in you and your disparaging nonsense. You're not smart enough to get it. I leave it be. And I meant to be disparaging there. So he carries a firearm. He shouldn't be able to do that. He shouldn't be able to protect his wife, himself. He has no physical skills to do it anymore. But at least he can still move that finger and engage a trigger. He shouldn't be able to. That's an insane position. Equally insane as telling somebody that ammunition is somehow a privilege. The privilege of using ammunition? No, no, no. I have the right. Tell Washington State to stuff it. Meanwhile, the Houthi rebels are starting to get a response from the United States and Great Britain. Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army, will be with us to break down what is happening, why it took so long, and what comes next. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Riders on the storm. Yeah, the, the secretary, you know, issued a statement on Saturday, taking full responsibility, committed to doing better. Uh, as you've probably heard, we're conducting a review to look at the relevant facts, uh, the timelines. And so I think a lot of that will enable us to look at uh, where we can improve and what we need to do better moving forward. In addition, the Department of Defense Inspector General is also going to conduct a review to, to look at the notification timelines and processes. Uh, and so, of course, we welcome that uh, and we'll look forward to looking at, at what we can do procedurally moving forward. I don't think it's a question of procedure to know you pick up a phone and tell the president of the United States that the secretary of defense is in a hospital. The level of spin coming from the Pentagon, coming from the National Security Council, that's all about how we're going to do better. I think the conversation is about what you did, why you did it. And who within the ranks of the military doesn't know that you inform your superior that you're going to be away from your post? Tony Katz, it's good to be with you. This matters in the context of the joint uh, use of U.S. And, and the United Kingdom in a military attack on the Houthi rebels who've been attacking ships and others uh, out of Yemen, which is, of course, uh, the Houthi rebels supported by Iran. Major Mike Lyons joins us right now, retired United States Army West Point guy, military analyst, up and down your television dial. Uh, You have been looking at this situation. We'll get to the Pentagon in a minute. Talk to me about the decision to go forward with the UK uh, in engaging an attack on uh, the Houthi rebels. Where did they hit? What do we think uh, will come from it? Uh, good morning, Tony. Yeah, first of all, this attack could have happened two weeks ago or could have happened two months ago. And uh, finally, the administration decides to get with allies. I think it's a good good move to get with other allies, with the Brits in particular, uh, because this was complex. I mean, 100 bombs, 60 targets uh, put you know men and women in harm's way for sure. Uh, to go after this, to try to establish some level of deterrence, you know, back in the region there, back in a place where we should have been monitoring these maritime shipping ways, um, to go after, for example, air defense platforms first, the CAD, uh, that's uh, the search, and and, and uh, to go after those those kind of air defense systems that they have set up there, and the anti-ship missiles. Um, hit probably hard and soft targets. We haven't seen a battle damage assessment just yet, um, because a lot of these targets were mobile, and we also saw 
that the administration gave really a heads up to what what are, I think are the Iranian crews that were probably on these uh, manning these places inside of Yemen, inside of these targets, sets a heads up because for whatever reason, this administration does not want to put uh, Iranian soldiers in harm's way at the other end of the spear, even though they're clearly the the archers in this this whole operation. So I think um, it's a good start. We have to see what happens. We see what the response will be. It could mean an escalation. But again, if they'd done this two months ago, maybe it wouldn't be we wouldn't be the place we are right now. Now, that is uh, exactly where I have have been as we lost uh, the, the major right there. We'll try and get him back that there's no reason that this hasn't happened months ago. There is no reason that when the Houthi rebels started going after ships, when the Iranians started going after oil tankers, that the response wasn't swift and severe right from the beginning. So there's a question as to why not? Why is it that it took so long? Is this all about some idea of, of what we were trying to negotiate? Negotiate with whom? And about what? And to what purpose? To what effect? What did you think was going to happen. I think Major Mike Lyons back on the phone with us. We heard so much about how the administration wanted to negotiate uh, with, with the Houthis. They were trying to negotiate this out. There's negotiation that's possible with the Houthi rebels who are clearly backed by Iran. I don't see it. Um, you know, the Houthis have got to now evaluate their relationship with the Iranians, knowing full well that. It's not just the United States. It's uh, England, Australia, other countries have, have decided to get involved with this now. And, um, you know, they're going to put themselves in a position where they're going to see more damage. It's likely we could see a scenario that happened in the 80s when, you know, Ronald Reagan said, you know, enough's enough with the Iranian, uh, what they were doing in the Persian Gulf and put uh, three quarters of that Navy in the bottom of that sea there. So we could literally just go through and destroy each one of these sites and just keep escalating. Um, there's no other issue here. We've got to have concerns of our ally in Saudi Arabia, who has been fighting this uh, war with the Houthis for the past few years and had had some kind of ceasefire agreement with them. But that could also be all, uh, you know, that's an, another consideration we have to take in, into, into what's going on here. So now you see the, this this happening. Uh, the you talk about these targets. You talk about you like the idea that this was done with the United Kingdom. Did the United States come to the UK and say, "Hey, here's what we're going to do," or did the UK have to take leadership on this one? No, I, the U.S. clearly led the way here, likely with the intelligence, knowing the amount of um, commerce that has been affected. I mean, this is a this is a global issue here. I mean, it's affecting what, what's going on in the world. You, if you saw those maps, the amount of ships that have to avoid the Suez Canal, the Egyptians should have been angry as well because they're losing that commerce that was coming through uh, that part of the world. Um, and, and this is something that our Navy does, uh, should be doing throughout the world, providing safe passage for our maritime ships, if you saw. The Chinese, uh, some of the some of the ships were faking that they were uh, flagged under Chinese uh, control uh, in a way to try to avoid because for whatever reason, um, the Houthis are deterred by the Chinese. They're afraid of them, but they're not afraid of us. So maybe this will change that calculus on the ground. We have to we have to just see what happens next. If the, if the Houthis decide to continue to attack or there is attack on American forces inside of, of Baghdad. I was surprised, for example, last week, Tony, when um, the U.S. went after the uh, situation, went after that target inside close to Baghdad of that uh, Hezbollah Shia 
uh, a stronghold there. So at least we're stepping up. We're trying to do something. It's, it's still a failure of deterrence, top to bottom. Talking to Major Mike Lyons, retired United States uh, Army West Point guy. Um, this idea of, of failure, this idea of, of a, a lack of deterrence and the idea that this should have taken place two months ago, which is exactly where, where I'm at. We talk about the idea of negotiation. Maybe I'm wrong. Was this uh, an attempt from the United States to engage in negotiation with Houthis? Or was that the the cover? And the truth is the U.S. did not want to get involved in the Houthis because it would show a further alliance with Israel in this fight against Hamas, and they didn't want that projected on the world stage. Yeah, I think um, there's not a lot of negotiating with the Houthis. It's not in the U.S. interest to negotiate here because we kind of come down to that level of, uh, you know, kind of a almost borderline third world country that's, that's taking place there. And we just are looking for changes in behavior. We're looking for really more of a behavior modification, um, get, getting other Middle Eastern countries to, to put pressure on the Houthis obviously wasn't working. And it also comes back to Iran. It comes back to getting them to understand. I, I don't know what it's going to take for the Iranians to change their behavior. And the Houthis have got to be, again, thinking about this relationship anyway, because if, if they don't, uh, you know, the, they're, if they don't stop doing this, the United States is going to continue to destroy military targets there. But, but it's not in our interest to be negotiating with the Houthis here. They, it, 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 we prop them up and give them more power and give them more, uh, you know, cachet than they really have in the situation. Let me take you uh, away from this conversation and, and where I started with um, the, the the Pentagon. And, and uh, just as a matter of disclosure, I did reach out to you uh, via mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a message. And I'm like, this, uh, this from, you know, Secretary Austin, uh, not informing the president. What what do you make of this? So let me ask you now, um, as you have seen what has happened, uh, being in a hospital, the president not being informed, really not being given the full story until just the other day, uh, the, the spin from the Pentagon, uh, to the extent that you can talk about it, how mm. is this being responded to or reacted to by uh, the military up and down the line? Well, I mean, this administration has got to decide what it wants to do regarding the behavior here. Um, I can understand how Secretary Austin wanted to be somewhat private with this, uh, with this uh, diagnosis that he received and thought things were going to go faster. It's a a classic example of so many different things um, went badly from a communications chain perspective that usually would have stop gaps that would have that would have changed that. Um, his uh, chief of staff who had the uh, right to, and had the responsibility to, to um, communicate didn't do it because uh, they were sick. And then the deputy was on vacation and a lot of, you know, he still had that responsibility to make sure it had happened. Um, we just have to, to see what goes on. I think this now has become a little bit of a distraction and you saw the administration say, that um, he's been in charge and ordered the uh, the strikes from his hospital bed. So uh, it's again to me from the administration's perspective, it's up to them uh, what they want to do going forward. But I really think it's going to all pass over here shortly. Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army, M-A-J Mike Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S, M-A-J Mike Lyons on the X Twitter box, so you can find him there. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us, Matt. 
How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Fill up on the news. You get that presented each and every day by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC, the Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show, Sundays, 9 a.m., WIBC and WIBC.com. Um, I don't think I was questioning whether this move on the uh, ETFs would change uh, the market. Maybe the market would see some excitement in this. Uh, nope. The inflation data, which, by the way, inflation is is, is back. Uh, that inflation uh, is leading the Dow down 189 in the futures. NASDAQ is down 61. But wholesale prices coming out today down 0.1%. So the consumer price index is up. But the wholesale prices are down. You figure it out. What I will tell you is no one should think that this economy is great. The people who have been selling you this nonsense are absolute frauds. You can say there has been a trend of better, but that trend ended with the consumer price index being up and things costing more and inflation being at 3.9% on an annualized basis, which is double where the Fed wants to be, the Federal Reserve, at 2%. It just is what it is. I don't know why we're going to pretend. Seems crazy to me. Absolute madness. Uh, Madness also came yesterday when uh, on the TK Thursday music moment presented by Kill a Dent. Kill a Dent, your dent removal people, people. These, that's who they are. So you got a dent in your car, they'll come to you, they'll get rid of it. Uh, The hell uh, issues, uh, door ding, whatever it is, killadentremoval.com, just that easy. And uh, it it was Genesis. We were doing Genesis, that's all, which is anytime I hear that song, I'm listening to that song anytime. And then, and then we had a technical uh, snafu and we were like, we were like off the air for like a minute. I don't know how long it took. It was ridiculous, but we got it fixed. So the, 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 the music moment, a moment of relaxation, the world is crazy, but we don't have to be the music moment got just totally screwed up. So I said, what, what do we do? We said, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it today, right now. But then the question was, will you do the same song? Do you do That's All, even though you started it yesterday, even though it didn't, it didn't finish up? And it's there on the list. You can go to WIBC.com. You'll say TK's Music Moments. There it is. Easy to find, easy to get to, see all the songs. Or do you do another Genesis song? And this is, this is where we're at. So we'll, I don't know if he's around. We'll turn to Matt Bear from the WIBC Traffic Center. The WIBC Traffic Center is Matt Bear. Without Matt Bear, there is no traffic center. Huh? What? Matt Bear, do we replay That's All by Genesis, or do we go with a different Genesis song? Different Genesis song. Different Genesis song. He said it without question. So, ladies and gentlemen, we did not, we did not rehearse this. We will go to <laughs> 1981, to the album Abacab, which I've never pronounced correctly, and no reply at all 
Turn up your radios. Roll down the windows if you can. I know it's raining. Uh, Step away from the madness. Drink yourself a drink. Whatever it is, I'm not judging. Relax. It's going to be all right. We're going to get through this. But you need a moment. How about give or take four minutes of a moment? Let's do this. a minute 
You need a moment just to escape, and then you can come back to it. That's what you need right there, just a little bit of a tune to get your head straight. And while that's now taken care of, Wish TV is reporting flight cancellations, eight flights from Indianapolis to O'Hare and seven flights from O'Hare to Indianapolis. If someone from the airport could just, whether it be on, on, on the Twitter box or what have you, is this because of the rain or is there something else going on? Am I, am I missing something? The if, snow if you could. is really bad in Chicago right now. It, oh, the, the, so, it, so it is Chicago weather, Matt? Yes, yes, very much so. Okay. So if you're heading to the airport, you got to know that. And if you're somebody waiting on connections and these storms that are coming through, and they'll be through all weekend and next week, expect a lot of this. Uh, just be prepared for it. So that's getting reported right now. The FAA calling a full stop from Indy to O'Hare because of the weather. Guys, it has begun. There are. This is going to be not only uh, the next few days, but when you take a look at next week weather, next week's weather patterns, expect delays everywhere, not only from snow, but from the cold. Right now, we are expecting coming Sunday to be in the teens. Wind chills could bring us below zero. The lows on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, we're talking about between zero and six degrees. With the wind chill, we'll be in the negatives. We only get a slight reprieve going towards the end of the week, and then we're back down to it, into those very, very cold temperatures. Any wind chill, any wind chill is going to bring us into the negatives. This is going to affect the flights. But right now, if you are somebody that was connecting out of O'Hare, you got to rethink your position. Because as Matt Baer has uh, stated and Wish TV with the story as well, the FAA has issued a full ground stop at Chicago O'Hare with no flights allowed to enter or leave until at least uh, 9 a.m. Eastern. So that's another 10 minutes. Something tells me it might extend past that. And now you've got delays that go throughout the day. So just be prepared of how this is going to affect everything. On Tony Couch today at noon, we, of course, will uh, keep up with this, I'm going to get into this anxiety conversation and what it is that is leading people to madness because everybody seems crazy. Everything is nuts. Uh, road rage, airplane rage. Uh, everyone's just at this this state of what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, insanity. What's causing this? What's moving people? in this direction, and I am making the argument that it is anxiety. What causes the anxiety? Well, I would argue that the the, the wokeism clearly does. When Alaska Airlines, which had, of course, the, the, the piece of the fuselage blowout, what did Boeing know and when did it know it? In this is the Boeing 737 MAX 9, the issues that this airplane ha- has had, 
You knew you had loose bolts, but you didn't ground the plane and fix it? You, you let it fly? Well, how about Alaska Airline? When you take a look at their training, their training talks about their commitment to diversity and inclusion and includes, as is reported, uh, employees having a pledge to support DEI and be an ally. Anything that takes away from the security of the passengers, the safety of the passengers, and the comfort of the passengers isn't worth training on. And if this was more important than checking whether or not the bolts were tight on an airplane, clearly you're doing it wrong. Don't tell me about how this is about making a better world. It's not better when the plane falls apart. You're just wrong. So grow up and deal with the reality that you're just wrong. And when you don't understand that people like myself will say, okay, you need to be broken. Your ideas, your philosophies, your point of view, your stranglehold, whether it be on business or education, needs to be broken. Unapologetically. DEI is bigotry. DEI doesn't work. DEI teaches people to hate one another, and DEI is part of the anxiety issue in America. And the anxiety is leading people to madness. This can be fixed. Gonna take a while. Not gonna be easy. But it can be fixed. Yes, it can. Kendall and Casey are up next.